This is really exciting. <laughs> I think that I'm the only one that's excited. <laughs> I mean, I, you guys are probably excited, but I'm really excited. This has been, wow, what a journey. Let's do it. One, yeah, let's two, do it. One, two, three, four. Hi, you're listening to In Touch and Out of Two, and I'm your host, Lucas Rapisarda. This podcast is made for the billions of wandering souls on this great blue planet who are gasping for another podcast about music. Exploring the whole and half notes of music and society and the stories it can tell us, we'll begin our journey with a founding member of Fundamentally Sound, Lee Stovall, and hearing about everything from the founding of the group to a life or death acapella trivia game. Hope you enjoy. One, two, three, four. So hello, hello, <laughs> everybody out there. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, my name. Okay, my name is Lucas Rapisarda, and you guys probably, actually, you probably don't know me. Um, some people, some people will know that name. You might know me better as uh, the musical genius. Uh, but we're here not to talk about me today. Um, we're actually talking to. An, a real musical genius, uh, Lee Lee Stonefall. Welcome, Lee. Thank you for having me. Um, and so, this is the first podcast, uh, hopefully of many. Actually, nobody has asked for this. This is not in high demand. Um, <laughs> this is truly a a passion project in in I think the purest sense of the word. We aren't getting money for this. Um, I was going to say we were sponsored, but all my advertisements don't show up on the Zoom call, so uh, we're just doing this for fun, and, and the purpose of this podcast is to interview members of Fundamentally Sound, past, present, and future, and dive in, dive into to the history of FS, the people, the the things that we have done as an organization, as a group, um, and hopefully, you know, maybe learn a little bit in the process. So thank you so much for joining us, Lee. Thank you. Yeah, um, and it was it was just your birthday, so happy birthday! How old Thank are you? you? I am thirty three years old. Oh my god! I know, so old. And so, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you first was because you were actually an original, original member of uh, of Fundamentally Sound. Yeah. You know, you, so you come to the you come to the University of Wisconsin in two thousand five. Was that when yeah. you were a freshman? Okay. Yeah, I was a freshman um, then. Okay, uh, and tell tell us about like how how did you hear about the group? Were you interested in going into acapella when you first got to to UW? Yeah, tell us. Yeah, about it. so my older sister went to UW, and she brought back um, the State Street Mad Hatters Tangled and Blue CD. And um, I remember listening to that and like falling in love with it, and I was just like, okay, when I get to UW Madison, I want to do acapella, this is what I want to do. And so um, I auditioned for Mad Hatters and Redefined, which are the only groups that accepted male identifying people at the time. Um, and I got callbacks for both groups, but then didn't make either of them. Uh, so then one of the people that was at callbacks for Mad Hatters, um, just, he also lived in Chadbourne with me, um, and he got everybody's information at the callbacks. And he like pretty much then sent out like an email to everybody that didn't make the group, but was at callbacks saying like, hey, we're gonna make a new group, come here. And so then I didn't audition, I was just like in this new group. Who was this person, this mystery man? Vince Maki. 
So, also, I also lived in Chadbourne, so I just have to say, um, for all of you that live in Chadbourne, um, truly, truly, just a dorm. It's just a, it's a nice place. Did you, what, what for? We actually, our first rehearsals were there, um, because we couldn't get, like, much of the music space, so, like, that, like, little, like, music rehearsal thing in the basement, I don't know if they even have that still. Oh, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um... But they've, they've renovated since then, I think. But yes, they had, we rehearsed in there, and then our first, like, semester show was also in Chadbourne. So we just, like, set up all the couches and everything, and we had a few people there, and that was kind of, like, our first show. I think I got banned from those music rooms the first day that I was at UW. I don't want to tell the story, guys. <laughs> oh, okay. So don't even ask. <laughs> okay, that's, that's uh, for another time. That's when you interview yourself. What was the feeling around acapella at the UW campus in 2005? I think it was it was it was a pretty like big deal on campus. It was very like closely tied to like marching band and sports. It was all very much like UW pride and like UW centered. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really kind of like there's there's a very big social aspect. Like all those people kind of hung out. They lived together. I know like a couple of the Buckies that I was in choir with also were good friends with the Manhatters. They lived together. Um, and so like, it was kind of this big network of all these people that were in like the major UW activities. Of the three groups that were, that were on campus at the time, which one were, when you arrived at UW, which one were you really interested in being in? Uh, the Manhatters were just the big deal on campus. Like that's what mm-hmm. everybody talked to. They would sell out Overture Center. Um, they had a huge alumni network. They um, had a, big bank account they could pretty much buy anything they wanted um so that was like a really big deal redefined was like pretty cool and they were kind of up and coming they had like a nintendo video on youtube like right when like youtube was first becoming a thing super early and it was like one of the first viral videos um, and I think it, it probably has like over a million hits. It was like huge. Um, so that Nintendo Medley kind of gave them some fame. So like both those groups are kind of pretty big deals uh, when gotcha. I was first coming in. Over a million views. I mean, it's no, it's no FS acapella video. I want you back. I want you back. And so what kind of, what was the sound that was coming out of those groups in 2005? So they, they did do, like, modern repertoire, like what was current at the time, plus some of, like, older songs, but still popular songs. Um, and kind of the style was, like, a slight um, modernization of kind of, like, a glee club type thing. Um, there was a lot of um, times where, like, parts would sing, like, the same rhythms, um, like, the same syllables, the same rhythms. Um, and so, like, it was very much, like kind of like lock chords and like those kind of set up at the same time so um it kind of had like a little bit of an old school feel with modern cool so you're there and you audition for both the groups and and you get this email from vince i think i think a lot of a lot of our listeners um, I think there's at least a dozen of them have been asking, so many really, really begging, begging for the answers to these kinds of questions. Um, I, I guess like if you can transport us, you know, paint us a word picture of that first meeting where you guys were in the bowels of, uh, Chadbourne, you know, what was it like that first meeting? 
Yeah. So there was actually another big piece of the puzzle. So um, Stu Covey is the other founder of FS. So Stu and Vince are the two founders of FS. And um, Stu, before that, had like a really informal group called Clap Anyways. Um, so they were like, there was maybe like seven or eight people in that group and they didn't really like take themselves like super seriously, but they were like, they were like wanting to become more serious So, um, that's where he connected with Vince and Vince said like, oh, I have all these people that are good that I know from callbacks and they kind of combined. So there were about like seven or eight people that were from Clap Anyways and like another maybe like three or four people from callbacks um, that kind of got together and formed the first group. Um, we didn't have a name for like almost our entire first year. We just kept on going back and forth between different names. Um, and so finally Sound, I think, first like became the real name, like the end of our first year. So the end of 2005, 2006 school year. Do you, do you remember who came up with the name Fundamentally Sound? If this isn't just like my memory being rose colored, I think I like threw it out in a meeting and everybody's like, no, it's stupid. Um, and so like we then like went back and we we were so that the big contenders for a long time was like keeping clap anyways. And then there was clap anyways with Z. And then some people wanted the clap anyways. Um, and then the other one was we actually in our first gig, we went by the name voicemail, um, which was already an existing group. Um, but we did that. Um, so yeah. And so eventually like we got to it and like, it wasn't like, I think the only reason why it was fundamentally sound was there is just cause it wasn't stupid and it wasn't taken or it wasn't, I guess it was kind of stupid, but it was like the worst and it wasn't taken. So I think that's kind of how we just eventually settled on that as a group. Why do you think that guys were interested, um, in singing for FS? Like what, what do you think the draw was for for people as as the group got more established in your time in the group uh people just like singing and i felt like once we got them to callbacks they could see that we were a pretty close group of people and it was a very good network to have on campus i feel at a school like uw that's so huge you need to find ways to make it smaller and acapella is one of those ways to do that and so i think people look for those types of situations in order to feel more connected to those around them and feel more connected to their school. And so that I think was an important thing. I really don't think in my four years that we ever were the go-to group. I feel often we were the second or third choice, but once people were with us, they loved it and they wouldn't have changed it. How did you guys go about actively recruiting for diversity? Like what were some of the strategies that the group employed early on to do that? Um, Vince was like really, really intense about it. Uh, so back then Facebook didn't have any like privacy features. It was still when Facebook was only college and only a few colleges had it and UW was one of the first ones to have it. So I think like that 2005, 2006 year, I remember University of Minnesota didn't have it for a long time. So all my friends there were so jealous. Um, but so basically you could just go into people's profile. You could just search like anybody that is interested in singing. And then, so Vince would just do that, and every single guy that was interested in singing, he would send a message to. Um, one of the people that he got in touch with was Zeke Cribs, who was part of a quartet called Diverse, um, who was, they were a diverse quartet. And so um, we got him to be part of it. Um, he also really reached out uh, to Governor Harris, um, 
who is an incredibly talented soloist and also a person who is black, so also added more diversity. And so he kind of really tried to reach out to everybody um, and really kind of looked at his diversity as a plus when he was doing that. That's really cool. Uh, thanks for sharing a kind of the origins of the group and, and the emphasis on diversity. It's good to know, too, that Facebook was once used, like, for good. Um, switching gears, though, because I know we, we don't have all day. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about arranging. You're one of the most kind of prolific arrangers the group has ever seen, aside from me, of course. Talk me through the process of how you actually, you know, went about writing Doves. Where was your motivation? What was your inspiration? So in Doves Cry, this was kind of in my phase as a musician where you get to a point where like you are really comfortable copying what other people are doing and kind of replicating other people's style, but I didn't really know kind of what my style was. And so like this was after I graduated, then I was kind of like, hey. Now I don't have to be tied to anything. I can kind of like experiment and play around more. And so I was able to kind of, this was a little bit more experimental. It's very different than the original song. Um, and I felt confident enough to try to execute it. Yeah. I mean, what blows me away about, about that particular arrangement is that it's so different from, from the original song. I mean, it, it is just, I had never... I actually didn't recognize when when we listened to it the first time. I did not recognize that it was a Prince song. Um, I'm also a stupid, so I guess that might have been another reason why. But um, what I mean, how how did you kind of come? I guess like the question from kind of an arrangement standpoint is like, how did you make that that change? Um, and how did it? Yeah, how did that happen? So whatever. I remember liking this song like growing up, and then I did see an acapella version of it by the, um, so the Enharmonics did it, and they theirs was pretty close to the original, but they had like a really like intense like this is what it sounds like part. Like, hey, that's pretty cool. Like, this, and so I kind of then like looked at the lyrics more. I'm like, oh, there's a lot here. And for me, the big, like, the thesis of the arrangement is why do we scream at each other? And so try to explore, like, like, that's the big question of the song. Why do we scream at each other? Why do we put ourselves in a place that we can be so negative and damaging to each other? And so kind of like that for me, I kind of built that moment and then I kind of went back, okay, and like, so like start at the beginning, starting very exposed to one person so it can build up and lead into that. I think everything kind of filled in on the way. This is also what was on top of me teaching for the first time and for a lot of my life, I feel very lucky because I have a very loving family and I've had a lot of support and I was able to be successful because of their support. And um, I taught in two very low income schools in Madison and at my middle school job, I had a seventh grader who came in and was super positive in my class. But if you read his record before, pretty much like his goal was to not have the cops be calling him in a week. 
that was one of his goals that was laid in his plan coming into school. And so very, very intense record, but he comes into choir and choir is like his safe haven. Like he absolutely loved it at his previous school. He came in and was my most positive, supportive leader. And then about halfway through the semester, everything completely crashed. And pretty much what happened was that uh, his uh, father came out of prison and uh, ended up, his mom ended up going back with him, even though it wasn't a positive place. And so he pretty much felt like his mom was choosing his father over him. And that was very intense. And um, a lot of the behaviors that were on his record started showing up. And it was, it was, it was a very eye-opening experience for me to under, try to understand why that happens in society, because I'd never really been through that or known people had been through that. And so having to try to be on the other end, trying to help and support when I haven't experienced that was really tough. And so kind of, I used the, that experience to kind of inform the arrangement a little bit and use the arrangement to kind of um, be my own therapy and reflection on it. Hey y'all, my name is Noel Bossert and you've been listening to In Touch and Out of Tune. This ad portion of the podcast will include small blurbs about all the various activities that members of Fundamentally Sound are doing post-graduation. A couple congratulations before we get into these small blurbs. First and foremost, the current group went to finals this year. ICCA finals. It was virtual. But that doesn't take any of the pomp and circumstance away. That is incredible, y'all. Um, not only did they go to finals, but they placed at finals. They got third place at finals this year. Absolutely incredible. Congratulations, all current Fundamentally Sound Group members. Um, the second congratulations goes out to all of the seniors this year, y'all, um, that, that are graduating and moving on, right? We have Jordan. We have Borna, we have Lee, and we have Nico. Thank you all for all of the things that you have given to Fundamentally Sound. Um, and we're really excited for the next step of life. And we hope we hope to be a part of that. We hope to hear about it. Um, thanks, y'all, for everything. And good luck. Shout out to Jojo Pearson Green for providing ranked anime watch lists, interview guidance, and, oh, yeah, getting into grad school or whatever. Jojo Cheers to your next chapter of education. Keep your why close by. Shout out to Patrick Smith for empowering many budding New Yorkers um, with all the ingredients and know-how to make a housing cocktail that would, won't absolutely suck, right? Um, that's awesome. Thanks, thanks, Patrick. Zach Zimmerman. This is an announcement from Zach Zimmerman, y'all. Hey, hey, gang. Looks like I'm at, heading out to the East Coast this August, where I'll live and serve students in New York City for the 21-22 school year with City Year AmeriCorps. Pants crappingly excited and pants pissingly nervous. Either way, send pants. He needs as many pants, pairs of pants as possible. I will be sending him one. Um, it's it's going to be, it'll be a, it corduroy. 
Just expect corduroy Zach Zimmerman, okay? All right, Lucas Rapisarda. This is an announcement from Lucas Rapisarda. Hey, all you people. I'm excited to announce that I will be moving to the Minneapolis-St. Paul area in the fall of 2021 to pursue a PhD in natural resources and science management at the University of Minnesota. I hope to explore the intersection between science, education, race, and environmental health through participatory science programming that focuses on monitoring of air, water, and soil quality. If you live in the MSP area, please reach out. Daddy's finally coming back to the Midwest. He's the resident musical genius, so show some love, y'all. Lastly, FS is making a job board for its members. If you are in the group and need a link to the job board, it will be on the group's Facebook socializing page. If you aren't in the group and need a link to the page, um, auditions will be this fall, and we're looking forward to hearing a verse and a chorus of your choosing. That's it for all of the announcements, y'all. Um, stay tuned for the rest of this podcast. It's about to get funky, and enjoy. In touch and out of tune. Bye, y'all. So we're going to play a game. This is the first game I've ever made that's uh, for this podcast. This is the first episode. Um, and it's, it's not finished. So I'm going to ask you, uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, we've been talking a lot about acapella. Obviously, you're very um, involved in acapella. Um, and so I'm going to ask you three questions about the world of acapella, okay? okay. And uh, you are going to answer them. And if you win, um, uh, you get uh, you get a lot of pride, Lee. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Yes. You're going you're gonna to get a lot of pride if you lose. Um, I lose a lot Luke, of pride? No, Luke Dutel dies. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we knew that was gonna happen anyway, but it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen a hell of a lot sooner. Okay, so so your first question has to do with um, with the names of acapella groups. Acapella group names are notoriously horrible, um, and they're they are always in poor taste. Fundamentally Sound is obviously the exception to the rule. Um, it's a one of the most beautifully crafted names for an acapella group ever. What I need you to do, Lee, I'm going to give you uh, three names, okay? And I need you to tell me which of these names um, is is a real name of an acapella group, okay? Okay, all right, so here we go. Um, the Shirley Tempos from Brandeis University, okay? Uh, the Unaccompanied Minors from the University of Waterloo, or the sexy bitches from Alfred <laughs> University. Uh, is, which of which is which the of these are real minors from University of Waterloo? I believe I actually judged them at a competition in Buffalo a couple years ago. Oh wow! Okay. Um, well, you were correct. Believe it or not, all of those are real groups. Um, <laughs> Because remember, I didn't finish making this game, so I'm just reading names of bad acapella groups. Uh, but the sexy... <laughs> they're called the Sexy Pitches from Alfred University. And their song, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and I'm going to put this in the chat so that we can all appreciate this later. They're singing Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. 
and it's only a minute and 22 seconds, so they really, they definitely cut that, they cut that down. Okay, next question. This one I'm actually, this one I actually feel good about, um, that there is only one right answer, okay? okay. Um, so there's a lot of famous people um, that have been in acapella groups. Um, some went on to singing career, some went on to acting. Um, so what I need you to do is name for me uh, the, I'm going to give you three names and you have to identify which of these was in an acapella group when they were in college. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. All right. So the first one is uh, Jackie Chan. Okay. Jackie Chan of uh, many movies. Okay. Um, the second one is Diane Sawyer. Um, newswoman and the uh, final one is Tom Hanks which of these was in an acapella group uh, as as uh, as uh, in college that's a tough one because they're all older so it's harder to they're yeah I would my guess it sounds familiar that Diane Sawyer was in a group. It's either Diane or Tom. I'm gonna go with that is answer. that is correct right there. Ding ding ding. She was in Wesley yeah. College, Blue Notes in the mid sixties. Uh and uh okay. there's a video of her singing It All Adds Up with Elmo from Sesame Street. Um that is where I learned that Aww. piece of information. Okay, uh your last question. You've pretty much already won the game. Um Luke Tell is still alive, not for you know, but he'll he'll be on the job block every every episode. So um, <laughs> he's literally played for his life. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. Last question. Uh, I'm actually going to give you the name of the person. Uh, so Sarah Bareilles is is a, a very famous, well known singer who um, she mm -hmm. you know kind of has. Oh, well, she's an amazing singer. Um, and I want you to name for me, do you know where she went to college, uh, where she started her singing? UCLA, I think group was that Awaken. Is, that is correct. God. So, yeah. So that was, that was kind of a cool thing. We found this, like, pirated site that had tons of acapella, and one of the albums was Best of College Acapella or Boca 2004. No way. And her song, Gravity, was on it. And it was such a big deal because it was one of the first times that her original song was on, like, a college album. And it was, like, so much better than everything else. And then, like, five years later, she, like, becomes a solo artist. And one of her songs in her first album was Gravity. And it wasn't, like, the acapella right. version, but it was kind of cool that you knew the song before That's it insane. came out. So you basically, I mean, you discovered Sarah. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm gonna, we're going to take that one to the presses. Hot off the presses. Um, yeah. Well, hey, congratulations. You won the game. Uh, that is, uh, you should carry quite a bit of pride into your classroom tomorrow. You can let them know you've won. Um, and you're, you're podcast famous They won't now. care. Um, <laughs> so definitely, I'll be putting this on my resume. Um, I don't know about you guys, but this is, this has truly been wonderful. I... We've been talking, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's crazy. I, it's been so fun to, to talk to you, Lee, uh, and learn about the group and, and your yeah. journey through it. Uh, so thank you so much for doing this. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for bringing me down memory lane. All right, guys.
right, guys, that was better, but uh, yeah, we're out of time, so you know, we'll just sing it a couple times while we walk to the gig and iron out the details that way, like we usually do. So I'm sure it'll go great. Uh, clean up the room, put the chairs back. Lee, take your garbage. All right, fist no miss on three, one, two, three, fist no miss. Okay, let's go. In Touch and Out of Tune is produced by myself, Neil Bossert, and Michael Fuller. The theme that you heard throughout the show was lovingly composed and recorded by the prodigious Brett Kissel. Thank you so much for listening, y'all, and come on back next time. Bye-bye.